0: So, talking about Abraham, in the first day, we talk about regeneration. Your life is meaningless when you are not born again. You can say many things about that. Why? Why is meaningless if you are not born again? If you don't know about eternity, you know, whatever, you know, no matter whatever you have possessed, and that's meaningless. And a little bug, a little fly, will die tomorrow that is meaningless what kind of things is is going to do in a day so no matter whether they believe in jesus or not they will not perish but the thing is that where are you going to live forever in the hell or in the kingdom of god that's the problem that's the only difference So if you don't solve the problem of eternity, that will give you eternal uh, pain. So that is the most urgent thing for you, to solve the problem of eternity. So if you are not sure about eternity, no matter what you will do, it's going to be meaningless. No matter how much money you have. And there will be a moment that, you know, you will not be able to solve the problem with the money, surely. And when the eternal kingdom comes, we'll know that that's meekness. but that will be too late. And in every aspect of your life, from your mother's womb, and you have the structures of evil in you and by born again you know you have to cut all the 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 hooks of the evil that is why you have to be born again to meet with god to receive his righteousness and according to your original purpose of creation you have to meet with him so you have to keep meeting with him i know that some of you are not born again yet what is most urgent for you is to meet with God, you know, crying out before Him, and seeking His face. And that's the most important thing for you. That's the most crucial thing for you. And for second session, we the heard of Joseph, the story of Joseph. So if you are children of God, God is not going to ignore your life. But he designed the best scenario for you, and he called you into the scenario. And in ancient days, kings, and if a king calls you, if a king calls a certain person, I mean, mean, they will have some purpose for calling. So it's not that God has called you out of no reason. He has a certain purpose for you. So you are called by God, right? So that's why you are born again. So if you are called, there is a purpose for you as well. And... In a wider picture, we can say that the purpose is to make you blameless and holy. And in Colossians 3:15, and you are called for shalom. Shalom means perfect victory. That, that means you know, there's no failure for, there's no defeat for the children of God. There are no elements in Babylonian system will make you, you know, fail. Why? Why is that? Because your existence has no relationship with failure. So let's say you lack money. Am I you know, losing? No. You know I just you know, lack money. And if God wants, He can give as much as He wants. I mean, what I mean is that there's no element uh, for me to uh, make me be defeated in Babylonian system. And Jesus has given you all the elements for victory as well. So when you uh, start to think uh, you are losing, it means that you you don't believe in who you are. But if you believe in your identity as a victor, then you will be able to win a victory. And that is guaranteed by the king of kings. So you are the beings of Shalom. So victory and being blameless and holy is a decision of God for the children of God. So you have to believe in that. And I saw that you are dancing passionately, but it's like you, know, you are dying when you are hearing the, listening to the word of God. I know that this is one of the characteristic of Latin American people. They sing very well, but as soon as we are, you know, preaching, you no, know, they, 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 they are dying. So you pastors in Latin America, you have to repent, Allah. Why, why, why did you make your, you know, kids like this? You know, you have to remember that you know, to listen to the word of God is the most important thing. Because it's the word of the king. It's not the, my personal word, it's the, the word from king. It's so a king's decree, king's order. So let's start. So, essentially, you cannot be defeated because God decides to make you perfect and blameless. That is uh, the conclusion of what you will face in the end of your life. So, as soon as you believe in God, You have already conclusion, so we don't worry about the conclusion. We are not worrying about the conclusion. So that's why when you have faith, you will not worry anything. Whether you have money or not, whether you learn a lot of things or not. Anyway, you will have victory as your conclusion because we will be living with him forever. If you begin to doubt it, and then it's going to be hard for you to believe in him. Like, you know, when you lack money, you begin to worry. <laughs> and when I lay my hands on you, praying for you, and I saw many of your brothers, they are worrying about their girlfriend, because they broke up, just, just broke up with girl, girlfriend. Because I can interpret your tongues, right? And some guy, he has a lot of conflict. Because you know, he has three girls, you know, so he has to choose one out of three. So one one guy He wants to take three of them all, all three. Yeah, I know that I'm, I'm I'm not lying to you. There's a one. No, who thinks like that? So I, 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 I slapped his back. You no, if you are the one who who, hit, who was hit by me, you no, know, you are the one. You know, I know. So you are worrying about this, you know, trivial things, and you are falling into despair as well. Listen carefully. We are having our conclusion of life. And I will give you an illustration. Let's say I'm playing the card game and I can see you no know, what cars uh what kind of cards my opponent you know are is having. So no matter how he try to win, you know, uh, as I know about you know what he has, you no, know, I can you know win the victory in the game, right? And and before coming to Jesus, and I've never lost money when I'm playing card game. I, I was like almost pro, professional. So to believe in God means that. It's like, you know, you are you know, confident because you know, you know what your opponents are having in the card game. So they don't afraid of being, you know, failing. Furthermore, God doesn't rebuke you because you failed in something. Rather, what is problematic is that your unbelief. So that was something we can find from the case of those the one who received one talent. And he hide one talent, and he give it back to the master. And then the master rebuked him because of the unbelief. So you have to be confident. And to believe in God means that you, know, you have your conclusion. It's, it's okay if you fall, you know, fall down. You know, it's okay if you lose if you're losing something because God is going to recover everything you know, for you. That's the confidence that you have to have. So I don't mean that you have to, you know, meet with any other girls. You know. I don't mean that you can, you know, date with any other girls, you know, without you know fear of you know failing in the days. You no, know, you have to maintain your holiness, guys. You no, know, you will know it's not good to be popular among many ladies. No, whether you are a brother or sister, no, to protect yourself wholly, then devote yourself to one man or one woman, that is going to be your happiness. So I don't want you to spend a lot of energy for a you know, girlfriend or boyfriend, but only to God, you know, put your energy. Then certainly you will be entering into the glory of God. Love just love one lady, love one boy, one one guy, now that is from the prophecy of Malachi. when you love one woman, your wife, and then your gen- next generation will become holy, and something you know I feel pain in Latin America you know when I was in Paraguay as well. And I saw many you know, kids who, who don't know about their father, and they have a great sense of loss you know, for their father. That is hard for me to share about the love of God as father. I, I know you. There are some people who don't know about their father. Furthermore, you know, your mother and father divorced when you were still young, and they got married again. And you have another, you know, brother, you know, from other mother or other, you know, different, you know, father, and that will give you a lot of pain. But that's not your choice. I know. That was by your parents' choice. So you have to be wise. Don't choose that is, don't choose that, you know, circumstances, suffering, because you didn't choose that. You no, know, let's say you know, my parents is poor. That's not my choice but please don't take it as your pain because of the decision of your father and mother. That is kind of wisdom and this kind of you know faith you know, that you have to have. So we not you should not you know choose unhappiness because of the the the, the circumstances that is made by others. And in second chronicle chapter four, there's a guy called Jabez and the name of the the meaning of the name is that it means to suffer. You know, his mother named him to suffer. So how how bad is it? And the the name itself, in you know, stands for some negative meaning. But he was very influential man in the Bible. In the time of Nehemiah and Ezra, and so about know, you know, to you know, return to you know, Israel, and that was the most suffering, painful time for Israelite. Right? But you know, God received His prayer, the prayer with faith, and then you know the Israelites, you know, they they try to resemble the face of Shabbos, so how faithful he is. He has uh, the curse name, but he didn't change his name. Why? Because he knew that without God, he is going to be Yahweh himself to suffer. But because God bless him, I will not live as to suffering. No, my, my, my parents are poor. My, my parents are saying that he, he, he doesn't like me, but that's a matter of themselves. But I am blessed by God that I have my influence. I will expand my influence you know, over the world. So that should be like your faith. So you have to be wise. Uh, my parents' pain is not my pain. If my parents is poor, that is not in my pain. Please don't choose it. Choose it as your pain. Don't choose it your pain. So like you guys, I'm, what I mean is that you should live like your parents. Uh, living, you know, meeting with this guy and this boy and this lady and this girl and having defied you know, yourself and then you know, addicting, being addicted to drugs and you know, influenced by the morality, please don't live like that then you will hand in that in you know, a torture and painful life in you know, a to your next generation no you are the temple of god your body is the temple holy temple you are tremendously holy in this in the last day of the comfort, you have to decide a lot of things i will pray you have to decide i'll be a man of prayer so in this evening, I will share about Daniel, and I will share about the prayer. Why? Why Daniel became that tremendous person? Because you know, when he was young, from when he was young, he was able to pray, continue to pray. You know, it's his habit to pray continuously. So you have to decide, you know, make a decision for prayer, and make a decision for purity. I will keep myself pure because my body is the temple of God. So the most dangerous spirit for young adults is a spirit of immorality because the spirit is living in me. and. Immorality is something that you will implant in your body directly. That's the reason that immorality is so much dangerous. So please protect yourself. Please keep yourself holy and pure. If you are making holiness, in you and then the influence of holiness will be you know, coming out of you and then i, w- I want to you know, say something about your 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 clothes please don't you know wear some tight you know the clothes and the, what i hate most these you know, this day is the leggings you know, those who are wearing le- leggings please don't wear like that so for whom are you wearing that kind of clothes You know, brothers are very sensitive to that kind of clothing, right? So sisters, please keep the brothers holy. And they are weak. So listen carefully. I'm not saying about culture. I'm saying about holiness. Because you are holy, I don't want to take anything unholy. Because I'm holy, I don't want to expose you know, my body. So in Korea, many girls are wearing leggings. But you know, the the girls from our church they don't wear you know, that kind of pants. They are wearing baggy pants. You know, the girls from our church. And I want to teach you about these things. You know, because. You no, know, it's not kind of cultural things but it's from holiness, it's a matter of holiness. So what is most important for you is to keep holiness. To keep you know purity. So when you go back and please, you know break with your girlfriend and boyfriend and then sing to them. After I become a merchant, after I'm able to have a fellowship with God, then if you are called by God for me, and I will get married to you. (laughs) (laughs) Strictly speaking, marriage, it's like, you know, God brings Eve to Adam, right? So if you are holy spiritually, God is going to bring you your Eve. So please, you know, break up with your girlfriend and boyfriend. Say Amen. Say Amen. And put your energy for God only. Your life is tremendously changing. So that you can, you know, form a pure family, you know, from yourself. So why the church in this age are being broken? Because the families are being broken. And they, they cannot talk about the purity. And from the, the, the book called the the story of Romans and the reason that the great Roman Empire was collapsed is because you know the father of a family the start begins to become you know corrupted. That is the reason that you know the, the, the great Roman Empire was broken, was destroyed as well, from a family to an empire. So please protect your the family, keep in you know, holy and pure, like in Ephesians five. Now your family should become like church and then your fa- your church should become like family so i believe that you will rise up as a holy generation and the first evidence for that is break up with your fa- your girlfriend and boyfriend Amen. and i know that some of you feel free because you don't have any boyfriend and girlfriend Please don't take lightly what I'm saying to you. I, I'm doing my ministry for the world. So I'm not saying to you from the Korean point of view. I'm saying to you from the point of view of the kingdom of God, please don't say that uh, the pastor no, doesn't know about the culture in Latin America. No. And I don't even need to know about your cultures, but what I know only is the kingdom of God. And if you are the children of God, you should live like that. Okay. and I I begin to smell the smell of holiness from you. Good. So we shared about Joseph for the second and God has the beautiful scenario the most beautiful scenario for your life. So it's like you know I don't live by live myself. I don't you know feel the content of my life but he is living in me in my life. How important it is like Christ lives in me. It's not me who is living in me. So you have to live according to the scenario made by God. So that's how you can, you know, have fellowship with God, living with Him. And then yesterday, we talked about Elisha, right? Elisha. You should live like Joseph, right? But how, in which way God is make, enabling you to live like that? So, we share four elements of your first life. So, emptying yourself, and the parables of the four types of soil to become a good soil, and meeting with Him in the highest place, and the direction toward God. So, we share these four things and with these four elements the spirit is leading you and guiding you that you can enter into glorification all the word of god that proclaimed you know, this conference you know, there's nothing that you can achieve by your own effort when you welcome the holy spirit because the spirit is living in you the spirit will guide you to the way but the reason that I'm proclaiming the word of God is that when the spirit is leading you and the spirit will make you known about something, like you know, okay, this word of God you know, means that that I'm now in the right way, right passage. So like we are now in Panama City. So let's say you are you know heading toward the north, you will have some signs, right? So the Word of God is like, it functions like a sign to to confirm whether you are in the right direction or not. So that's why I'm proclaiming this Word of God to you. I'm not saying that you have to put your effort to achieve this Word. And I know that it's not something you you can achieve by your effort. But the Spirit is forming the Word of God in you. And that's why I'm saying that it's easy to live with God. So what we need is just to receive the grace of God. And God is giving you grace as well. And he's pouring out an anointing upon you. And the Spirit is filling you continuously. And he lets you know about something. He lets you, you know, recognize something. So to live by the Spirit is something important for you. And then he is going to you know, fulfill the word of God in you. So that's the thing that we shared yesterday. And actually, I was going to share about David last night, and for about the issue of being self-centered, you know that David was having no his own power. He doesn't live on his own, which is very, you know, a great story. And I know that you have spent time with my wife. And I, I realize that God is not wanting me to share about David because it's not something that I can finish in one session. So speak, David. I'm going to share with us the issue of leadership, like Moses' leadership today. And leadership is essential for all of you. Why do we need leadership? Am I a leader? Of course, all of you are leaders. All of you are leaders. And believe that you need leadership. And there's a, 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 a proverb in English, traditional proverb. And the army of lion led by a folks will not overcome the, the army of folks that is led by a lion. The, so the army of lion led by folks will not overcome the, the army of folks led by a lion. It shows the importance of the leader, so how much important the leader is. So in this conference, I, I shared with you that we are now entering into the, the time of the two witnesses that the Antichrist is ruling over the world, and he will even strengthen his dominion over the world, people. And there will be a certain person who will overcome the Antichrist. And it seems that God will need a lot of number of people, but no. God will raise up two great leaders. And then there will be an army who will, following, who will follow the leader. And they will be you know, small as well. But you know before the second coming of the Lord they will be able to defeat the Antichrist continuously. Now, I'm not speaking about eschatology this time. But there will be a time that I can share eschatology with you. So and for the kingdom of God, we need some great leader. And I know that some of you are having a great leader in your church. But there will be a certain leaders you know, installed by God uh, for a great leadership. Maybe there will be one you know, among these people. though We don't know, you know who he will be. And I'm a candidate as well. And you are a candidate as well. So now... A great leader like Moses is now rising up, <laughs> and we have a leader like Elijah rising up at this age, because the leadership is so much important for this age. So, it depends upon who leader is, the result will change greatly. So, let's, when we say about the, the the Church of God, it's not that you know we are having just a title. Like in the book of Acts 20:28, 20, it's a church bought by the price of the blood of God. So what church is the church that is bought by the price of the blood of God? How can we know? And there will be many aspects about that. But firstly, like in Gospel of Matthew 16, and God is just saying that he will establish the church on Peter. So when you see a senior pastor of the church, you will see that this is the church of God or not. So you know, this shows the importance of leader. And the being the church of God will begins with the senior pastor of the church. And God is giving the senior pastor the truth of God and pouring out the royal anointing upon him and giving glory and authority of God. And he orders the pastor to establish my church. So from a leader, all things will happen, and all things will begin. So leadership is that important. So when we talk about spiritual gift, we tend to think about 1 Corinthians 12. But the more important spiritual gift appears from Romans 12. And there's a spiritual gift called leadership, the gift of leadership. So what leadership is that? And it's about the method of the kingdom of God. Let's say God gave you $1, and you can do $1 in as much as $1. And then, you know, you will just lead one dollar. But the kingdom of God doesn't move like that. And I have one dollar with me, but God is speaking to me that you will have to make, you know, one million dollar. That is how God is working. What I mean is that God is not limited by uh, the, the limitation of the world. So sometimes that's why you feel some difficulties in living with God. I have just one set but he cost me ten dollars. You no know, whether you know or not. That is why you know people are you know just giving up to live with God. Because they have uh, their own habit to live on uh, their on their own in you know, the method and thinking. So they just do you know, as much as they have but the kingdom of God doesn't move like that. I have one dollar. But God is ordering you, you not know, to live in as much as one million dollar, like you know, in in Adulam, you know, all you know misbehaviors of Israel, you know, were gathering together, like you know, gangsters and frauds, and all bad guys that you know, they have, they get four hundred people together. But David. David was you know, you know, pointing to them, you know, saying that they are the heroes of the, the unified unified Israel. So how, how he can you know, you make a unification of Israel with these guys? But David was given leadership by God. And that 400 people became really heroes for Israel. So that is how the kingdom of God is moving. So that's why you have to have leadership. So what I mean is that leadership is not restricted to a certain person. So thirdly, when God designed a human being, and he designed us according to his image. And the first blessing out of the image of God is from Genesis 1, And being multiple, and being abundant and have dominion, and overcome which means that the human beings are designed as king and then he blessed you know after he designed the human beings the the blessings of leadership so human beings they originally have the blessings of leadership and even in the creation of adam he he was able to overcome and have to rule over the world so what does it mean and it means that he can't take the case of the enemy. And because you know before the creation of man, you know, there's a Lucifer, the opponent of God, and she knows about that. And and God created Adam to make him overcome Lucifer. That's the reason that we cannot be overcome by a demon, because we, our existence is victory of God. We are designed to overcome them for the victory over them. So leadership, the blessings of leadership is original blessings for us. But Adam has failed in that. So in Hebrews 614, and the incarnation of Jesus is describing in the way. We can say about that you know in many ways, for salvation and for you know, defeating enemies. but you know, in Hebrews 6:14 it's saying, He came to us because he wanted to bless us, bless us, bless us. What does it mean? It's the restoration of the blessings in Genesis 1.28. And it's the restoration of the blessings of the leadership. Aren't you excited? Why don't you say amen? How tremendous it is. And Jesus came to us because he wanted to restore the blessings of leadership for us. So fundamentally, we have the blessings of leadership. And the reason that Jesus came to us is because he wanted to restore the blessings. And the lifestyle of the kingdom of God is all about leadership. And all of you are leaders. That is why leadership is so much important for you. So can you, do, do you want to receive the blessing of leadership today? So when you are becoming a perfect leader, like david no matter who you are and no matter what kind of person you have, they will be made as a hero of faith, to like the like the ones for the unification of Israel. You have to set up your followers like that. No, we have many visitation from pastors outside the world. And we are too small in numbers to carry on this ministry on the world. Maybe we are total 460, including little children. So we are too small to do the ministry like this. And I don't mean that, you know, the number itself is small, but given the ministry we are doing, you know, we are uh, too small to do that. But, you know, for 15 years, these 450 people are, you know, playing for 20 hours per day. And for the last two decades, God has flowed for about six million dollars, sixty million dollars to us. I cannot imagine how we can make that much money, you know, through this in you know, a small church. And our our ministry are too much, but it's not that we are trying to work that, but we are doing the ministry because God has allowed us to do that. But how this small church can you know, carry on this a lot of ministries? Because it's the total grace of God. But And God is flowing His grace through me. And that is you know, specifically vital, the blessings of leadership. So the church of God shouldn't be large. And the kingdom of God is not the, the kingdom of many the kingdom of God is not you know, to make you know many people agreeing but only the ones who risk their life for Jesus and the truth and those who can you know, give up everything for the kingdom of God you know, no matter how small they are and God is going to make his kingdom through them and with them if they have a great leader the kingdom of God will be flourishing And the kingdom is not an unshackable kingdom. The kingdom will be coming gloriously to you. Among you, I bless you that you will be rising up as great leaders. So you are all the candidates for these great leaders. So that's why I'm excited to see you. So I will, I will show how I, I am excited like that. And my heart is pounding like that. So do that. the blessings of leadership and we will see Moses as a case. Moses was able to let three million Israelites in the wilderness. We know that all the heroes of the faith, they are leaders, great leaders. But Moses, one of the strongest leaders who established the people of Israel. And God is you know, you know, setting up a leader like Moses, like Moses in this end time. Think about leading three million people. Of course, you know, Moses was able to do so by grace. You know, but we need that great leadership to so listen to about Moses. And I want you to have even stronger leadership than Moses. and what is core of his great leadership let's see you know about this today so open your face open your heart and when you open your heart listen to the word, and then the leadership the pleasant leadership will be actualized in you and when god gives you leadership and in the leadership many elements are included and in the world, he's giving you the power and glory and authority of a king. So when we say someone has leadership, and he has that honor and power and authority of God, so for leaders, you, know, you will need the blessing of leadership. For you and for the pastors here, you should have the leadership like this and this is not, not my intention but it's God's intention for you to have leadership because you are living by the kingdom of God so let's look at numbers 12 first one Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife for he had married a Cushite and the fact that Moses you not know, took Cushite is not problematic but you no. Know, the Miriam and Aaron uh, began to uh, blame Moses. So, as we are sharing about this story, now you should know how dangerous it is to blame the leader set up by God. In the book of Malachi, And when you blame uh, the the priest in you know, the God is going to, you know, be nervous, you know, because of your blaming. So as the churches in this, this age, they are greatly influenced by humanism. So they, they created a wrong flow, a spiritual flow, uh, which is that you know, they even think that they hire a pastor for the church. No. The pastors should be established and appointed by God only, so when the church you know admit the fact that you know the, the pastor is you know, established by God, then they will be happy as well. Maybe some of you are worrying that you know, how what if you know the pastor is you know corrupted that's not something that you have to deal with that's something that is dealt with God you know, only. So if you are worrying about your pastor, whether he will be corrupted or not so again so worrying about your pastor and you know, you know thinking about your pastor whether he will be corrupted or not. And that will be even you know, a great loss you know, for you, then the pastor is really being corrupted because it will hinder the church from you know, setting up the order you know, for the church. If Without the order, without the leadership, the church will be nothing. And they will lose the dominion of God. So that is why Paul pain so much about Corinthian churches, because they are influenced by the humanism, and they don't know about the leadership given from God. So in order for your church to become entire and holy, you have to set up that spiritual or order for leadership. So from God, through your senior pastor, and through, you, through, through the, the junior leadership. The leaderships are going down in the way. That's the order, because God is reigning over the church. This is something very important for you. And I don't know much about the situation in Latin America, but if you are a biblical church, leadership shoes you know comes from above it's not like you know it's going all upwards but from god to your senior senior pastor and other leaders so for the case of my church of course we discuss something you know sometimes but we don't decide something out of discussion but we are just sharing the decision of god in the discussion so once in a year, we have the, co- the community council, but it ends in 30 minutes. And we share you know, how God blessed us you know, in a year. And everyone can accept it with joy. And God is you know, installing a new leaders through me. And 100% of the saints, they can agree with me. There's no one single person who will reject. And if I say I will make him a, a, a elder for the church, and all are agreeing, no matter what I do, they understand the will of God. And they understand I'm spending money according to the will of God, and no one will disagree with that. And, and I made decision, and then I let them know. Because you know, all the saints of my church, they trusted me 100%. And they know that I will not be corrupted because of the money. And God is doing, you know, you know out of the season, made by, made through me. So by Saint, they are happy because they don't, you know, waste the useless energy. You know, that they can have deeper fellowship with God. They are, you know, putting all the energy for them. So what I mean is that layperson should not touch something holy, which is only touched by pastor. That is how the Church of God is working. So please don't think in this way. And that is Korean Church. That's your case. No, no other Korean churches are doing like that. They have you no know, council and discussion every day, and they, they want to get rid of their pastor from the, the, the church out of the council. And I'm, I'm talking about the Church of God. And Aaron and Miriam was trying to, were trying to shake the leadership of Moses that the whole people of Israel had to stop. No, God is not doing anything through them. This shows how dangerous it is to shake leadership. And we don't know the exact reason that well, why Aaron and Miriam was blaming Moses. Were blaming Moses. In the time of Moses, there was no kind of Jewishness, you know, Clearly. Because when they, you know, have exodus from Egypt, you know, all, all sorts of races and people were mixing together. The, but one thing is that whether they will be believing in Yahweh or not. So, Israelites, they start with a, a community of faith, a community of ethnics. So, the Christianite woman, you know, she she certainly believe in Jesus, believe in God. But you know, the reason that they were blaming Moses is because they, were, they are attacked by the, the enemy and they become arrogant and against Moses. That they started to uh, blame Moses. So verse three. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Yes. Hasn't He also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. And God hears uh, the blaming words that to shake the leader of the church. So the mistake of both of them is. Because, you know, you know that God talks to all children of God, but God doesn't talk to Moses and Aaron. I mean, Aaron and Miriam, what what he talks to Moses only. I mean, there's something that is restricted to Moses only. So they are not all the same. A long time ago, something happened similar, something similar happened to my church, and one member came to me saying that, uh, Pastor, God told me this for the church, you should follow this. And how my answer was that, I talked to her that he didn't talk to me that. So... Without letting me know, God will never move the church you know, telling something to a saint. Maybe there will be one of either. You are a senior pastor, or you are you know, making fraud. You know. And there's no exception that, you know, God is doing something, you know, in the church without letting me know that first. So out of 25 years, you know, I was able to confirm that. So our church has a prophet, the groups of prophet. And my wife is leading the groups of prophets in the church. When I decide something... And I let the prophets you know, asking about ask about the will of God and without exception you know if, if I mean you know when they disagree with me you know, am I in conflict or not no I don't conflict I don't struggle I, I just you know, you know do something according to my you know inspiration because this is about order I'm not saying about whether they are right or not but I'm talking about how God is working. God's order. So being a leader of a church means that, like according to Ephesians, it's like you are interested with the whole universe because the church has the authority to rule over the universe. All creation. That is so important to become a leader of a church. So please don't judge me. Please don't judge your senior pastor now. And you have to decide to respect your senior pastor like that. I'm not saying that you have to judge your senior pastor. You have to, what I'm saying is that you have to respect your senior pastor. God is working through your senior pastor. Of course, I don't mean that God is not talking to you. And the Spirit is talking to you. But in terms of entire perspective, God is not telling you something that He didn't tell to the senior pastor. So, when I'm laying my hands on your hand, on your head, like according to the Book of Psalms, when you lay your hand on such person's head, means that you are responsible for their soul. So with that authority, you can lay your hands on someone's head. But without laying your hands on certain person's head, without authority, and then all these things will go into that person. So maybe you can, you know, pray like this. No, laying your hands on him. And I am responsible. I am having authority over that person. So that's why I'm only letting only the pastors to lay their hands on the the person's people's head. I'm not saying about the culture. So please don't lay your hands on certain person's head. Without having authority, if you are in the case, you can, you know, lay your hands on, you know, the others' head. You Not know, saying that, you know, I'm 100% innocent. That, you know, whether no, you no, know, I am laying my hands on uh, his head. You know, only innocent thing will flow from me. So please don't, you know, lay your hands on others' head. Without caution, you have to be cautious about doing it. So no one has laid you know their hands upon my head and no one you know, tried to do so. Because you know they don't have any authority over me. And if God says that you know he has authority over you and then I will receive the prayer. When I went to gatherings of, you know, prophets and in the prof- oppo- opposers, you know, in Israel, there was a leader of a certain organization, and he tried to lay his hand upon me, and then I rejected. <laughs> so what I'm saying is said, I'm saying about leadership. You have to respect the leadership of your senior pastor in the way. You have to pray for your senior pastor that he can, in the pastoring, he can be pastoring with the leadership, because you have to eat the truth you know, out of your senior pastor, because you can grow spiritually out of the blessings from him. So how important senior pastor is. So you have to pray for your senior pastor, and you have to fast for your senior pastor as well, and the blessings for that is you can you know, believe in the truth that you can receive the anointing of truth from that amen so let's continue so the leadership is so much important this way so let's continue first three now Moses, i mean that's the core of Moses' leadership Now, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. The secret that Moses was able to lead three million people was because of the leadership of Moses, and especially his meekness. You have to know that you can take life from the world. Maybe some of you will know, and some of you will not know. But there's no important thing than uh, uh, listening the word of God with faith. And 19 percent of your faith life is formed out of listening to the word of God. So what I mean is that if you listen to the word of God carefully, then there will be no problem in your faith life. And like you are passionate about, you know, singing the songs, um, with more passions, you have to listen to the word. And you have to you know, pass away, you know, like the churches in Africa. Pass out. I mean, pass out. <laughs> <And the> screaming. Sergio, <laughs> so here, why, why are, are you disobedient? You, know, you have to follow my case. So humble. Moses was not humble originally. When he was angry, he was able to kill the person. And meekness is something that he was able to gain after encountering with God. So no people on the earth will be meek and humble originally. So, like, you know, you are good and you are uh, nice, then might be your nature. But uh, the praus in Greek word, it means meekness, is kind of character, something that you will gain after born again and uh, created in the relationship with God. So for four years of you know, uh, taking care of the ships, you know, Moses was the empty thoroughly that he was able to have the character of weakness. And praos means that. Which means bigness, and I can you know explain the meaning of this word in this way. I can you know, say this uh, as um, the speech swiftness so for instance, when you face some case, you know you don't move your body first when you you don't you know move your thinking first, but if you are meek, you will stop there. You will stop your thinking. You, you will stop your behavior. And then, after stopping, and you are asking the will of God, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is the beingness, spiritual So, praus means that, the Greek word which means beingness. And... It, you don't judge in you know, your you know, external circumstances on your own. And let's say someone is playing me. You don't react, you know, saying that he's a bad guy, but you stop there. And you don't you know, you know, judge, and you delay the judgment. And then the spirit begins to talk to you that you know, he is attacked. He is hating you, and he is you know, judging the situation. Not, it's not yourself who judge the situation. And from the Gospel of Matthew 5, you have the teachings, uh, Sermon on the Mountain. And from the Sermon about Beatitudes, you will have Mingness and, and the golden rule appears in, from the chapter 6. That is the climax of the meekness. And uh, from the golden rule, he said in the first line that you, know, you, judge, you should not judge. You should not, you know, not judge others. So when you judge the you know, others on your own, so let's say someone is hating me, and you judge someone, you know, that person as a bad guy, and then spiritually, what is created in you is that you are receiving the hatred from him. So let's say you are judging your father, like he is beating your mother when he's whenever he drinks and then you are blaming him as he's a his bad guy. But when you are not born again, you will do the same thing you know, to your wife when you are grown up. So that's why the Bible says do not judge. Do not judge others. Without you no, know, with your eyes, with your ears, with your senses, senses, You are absorbing all sorts of evil. So when the Beatitudes says, you know, bless those who are poor in the spirit, it means that by the word of the Beatitudes, you can, you know, make the poor spirit, poor heart. In order to live uh, with the kingdom of God, you have to be poor in your spirit. Without a poor heart, you cannot live with the kingdom of God. Conversely speaking, if you live on your own, you cannot, you will never be able to live with the kingdom of God. So, so being in the poor spirit means that you don't live on your own, so, which means that you are emptying yourself continuously. Please refer to my sermon on B.H.T.S. for that. It's a long story. It's a long sermon. So I'm summarizing that, you know, briefly. For you to become poor, spirit, poor in spirit, you know, it is done by the word of the Beatitudes. So the evidence that you are poor in spirit, it means that you cannot live without depending upon the Lord. That is the core of the, the poor heart. So when you are on the training through your church and, and then you will be like, you will not be stronger on your own, but you will no longer be able to do something on your own. In First Corinthians 12, Paul is saying that I am strong when I'm weak. And I cannot do anything by myself. So living by faith means that you can do anything, but at the same time, you, can, you will never be able to do anything without the will of God without the help of God so that is how people of God is living that is poor in spirit being poor in spirit so in order to make the, the poor heart now firstly you have to mourn the people of this world they mourn because they cannot have something but when you are filled with the Holy Spirit you will be mourning because you cannot be emptied so that means you have to keep emptying yourself to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, because the fullness of the Holy Spirit means that according to the book of Ezekiel 36, that you have softened heart, and then that's the result of the coming of the Holy Spirit. So by filling with the Holy Spirit, your heart will be soft so if your heart is hardened you will never be able to feel the pain but when your heart is softened you know even with the, the small bit of evil you will have pain you will have pain that you will empty yourself by morning and then i'm talking about weakness which means that you cut all the powers of evil from outside by delaying your judgment. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Please don't think it's difficult. And it's going to be available for you if you live by the Holy Spirit. So the most important thing for us to repent is that you are ignoring the Spirit living in you. You are not living by Him. You are like you know, you are confining him you know, more and more. But you have to let him work in you. You have to invite him continuously, you know, respecting him continuously, asking him that is how you live with the spirit. Many moments in your life, in a day. Lord, how should I do? How should I do? How where should I go? How should I do? You have to respect and asking. Uh, you have to ask Holy Spirit in that way, and then the Spirit is making a, a humble heart in you. So uh, the reason that I'm repeating to you that you have to repent, because without the character of weakness, you no, know, you will you know, receive all sort of evil. You know, even in a day, whether you know or not you are receiving darkness from the world so the reason that you cannot pray is that it's because you know, many people will think that, you know, okay, this can happen but this is not produced you know, out of chance, out of by chance because you choose continuously darkness from the world you know, it's a natural result that you know, the, the old person in you will be strengthened that the power of the old person will be weakened, that as a result you cannot pray, so it's not something trivial that you cannot pray, it shows that your spirit is dying and which means that you are under the, the dominion of the enemy you are not directed toward the, the kingdom of God but you are directed to the world so your prayer should alive in you should be alive in you you can you should you know, pray strongly what I mean by you can pray strongly means that the new person in you is strong which means that you are living through the Holy Spirit you are not receiving in darkness from the outside You have to confirm this every day, you know, for yourself. Please don't just say that, okay, it can happen to me and I can you know, not play that in a strong and losing the willingness to fight instead, you are overcome by the enemy thoroughly. They are proclaiming that you are mine, you are mine and you are his possession. So please don't overlook the state that you cannot pray. With any means, you have to pray with fasting. You no, know, confine yourself from the world. You no, know, the the praying through night. You no, know, with all means, by all means, you should continue to pray. So that is why First Thessalonians 5 says it uh, pray without ceasing. And in the book of Judah it says that you know, pray timelessly in the spirit. That is why in the Old Testament times the incense should you know be burnt for 24 hours. Like the singles, like the song goes like that. Day and night and night then that incense arise. It should burn. It should burn continuously. So the incense of prayer should uh, go up to heaven continuously. In the Old Testament time, when the sacrifice is proper to God, if it's holy to God, and you know that there are many, you know, the the professors in the Tabernacle, but they don't have lighter, they don't have kind of igniting uh, stones. Why? Because the fire should come from heaven. And then the incense out of the sacrifice, from the sacrifice, the smoke will go up to heaven directly, straightforwardly. And when your spirit is holy, your prayer will go up to heaven directly. So like Revelation 4, The prayer of the saints, and that will be contained in the golden vessel by angels. God will take your prayer in golden vessels. Then enemy will not be able to hinder you. God is seeking those who can pray strongly like this, powerfully like this. So it seems that we will be having a lot of strong pray, uh, warriors of prayer in, among you. So character of meekness will enable you uh, to be disconnected from all sorts of darkness outside. When you are me, you will stop judging. You know what you can see. You will not say what you see. So what it means that you have to be cautious of something that you are seeing. More than me, I have small eyes, but you have bigger eyes than me. It's a great joke, isn't it? (laughs) So verse
1: 4.
0: At once, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam come out of the tent of meeting. All three of you. So God is sermoning them. So out of the Bible, And it's not kind of, you know, the, the open issues. I mean, it doesn't you know appear you know, too often that God is sermoning all the leaders. But, you know, it was an urgent issue for God because it is shaking the leadership of community. So when they shake Moses, the whole Israelites should stop. You know the church is a member of the heavenly council. The church is the kingdom of God itself. So please don't take it lightly to shake the leadership of your church. And God is nervous about that. Please don't blame, blame your pastors no, behind him. And... As I'm, you know, doing my ministry as a pastor, God will repay, you know, God will make you repay, you know, out of your uh, blaming. And many saints will not know about that, but you know, I can only see that now why. Why their children is bound so much. And I, I'm not saying 100%, but... You no, know, the reason that their children are bound because they blame leadership you know, a lot in the in the church. So God doesn't really like you know you to blame your leaders. So the three are cold. So verse five. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. So the fact that they are having a pillar of cloud means that they are now moving in daytime. So they are moving in daytime, right? But you no, know, in the moment of moving, God was so urgent so that they stopped all, you know, the crowd. You no, know, God is not ignoring them. You know ignoring the situation that he called the three people from out of the from from the tent of meeting that he saying to them that and verse six listen to my word when there's a prophet among you I the Lord reveal myself to them in visions. So through the vision in God can talk to them. But please don't think that when you see a vision, you are equal to your leader. But you know, the thing is that God doesn't speak to you what he speaks to the leader, like Moses. Like, you know, the layperson cannot listen from God, the scale that God is speaking to Moses. I'm not saying that Moses is superior, but because he's chosen. Because he's chosen that he will you know know about the scales of god i'm the member of the church as senior pastor and all of you are the members of the church as well but we are having different callings so i cannot boast about myself that i'm of no, no, senior pastors because i didn't become a senior pastor on my effort but i'm chosen by god and all should you know, recognize this because of, of the kingdom of God should you know, stand up in the church. So I'm saying about the you know, kingdom of God. I'm not you know, talking about my own personal philosophy of church. So without leaders to stand up, you know, there's no kingdom of God in the church. So it's so dangerous to blame leadership of church. Seven. But it's not true of my servant Moses. So no, which means God is not speaking to uh, Moses in the same way. He is speaking to you know other person. Which means that Moses has a uh, different callings. You are happy when you accept your calling. We are respecting each other. But we respect each other's calling, like the callings of a senior pastor, callings of a assistant pastor, the callings of lay, you know, leader. When you accept this calling, the the church will be harmonious in the order. God cannot bless something which lacks order. God cannot, you know, create something, you know, if you, if the church lacks the spiritual order. In Genesis chapter 1, all are in chaos, and then the spirit was moving on the surface of the world, right? And in original Hebrews, according to original Hebrews, the way in which the spirit is moving is like in a, the he is embracing as a bird a embraces his his ex or her ex. So, what I mean is that when the spirit embraces the chaotic world, Like an, uh, an egg hatches, and our cows, they had life. Life means order. So when it's order, let there be light, and there's a light. And let there be heaven, and there's heaven. So life equals to order. So the state of chaos is not something that God wants. He doesn't ignore that chaotic situation. Which means that we have to have order. And through the order, life runs. Right? Spiritually speaking, if the spirit rules over me, you will not be shaken by external issues. Because you have a spiritual order in you, inside of you. So the power of the ruling of the Holy Spirit in you will be greater than the influence out from external in a situation, That you will never be chaotic. You will never be distracted. So Moses is different from them in terms of calling, right? It's not that he's a super to others, but different calling. And God says he is faithful in all my house. He is meek and he is faithful. What does he mean? When God gave Moses leadership, Moses was able to believe in the leadership following God. So that's why he became humble. He became faithful. And he's Faith, faithfulness is in a different level from Aaron and Miriam. The faithfulness comes from you no know, the word faith, which means faith. So it's not that Moses you know, used to live in the world and live in God. He didn't go back and forth. Only he was directed to God. He follow God only. That is faithfulness. What I mean is that the church should be in work according to the principle of faithfulness. In First Timothy two, when they install some leadership in the church, and what is the principle? He said. And did they, you know, have to choose someone who is smart, who have a lot of techniques? No. And it is order that you, know, you should, you know, bring the persons to those who are faithful. Because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of faith. You will not be interested with the people if you are not faithful. Let's say someone is interested in the world. And can I say that, uh, uh, do I need to make him a leader in the church? No. That's the reason that the church is being collapsed. No, all the principle of the kingdom of God is about faith. No, the kingdom of God moves according to faith. Only they should should be directed to God. That is the meaning of faithfulness. So let's continue. It's like, you know, I'm preaching to the pastors, like... (laughs) Maybe there are many of you will be a pastor. Yeah. Never never judge your senior pastor. Yeah. Rather, now I'm letting you know how important the senior pastor of your church is. Amen. And if you receive blessings in the right way you will start to pray for your senior pastor and if you have inspiration and when you go back home and please fast for your senior pastor fast for your pastor because it's so much important for your church to have the great senior pastor as great leader so verse 8 I'm talking about. I was talking about faithfulness. So, meekness and faithfulness. And then, verse eight. With him, I speak face to face. And God meets with everyone. But he was meeting with Moses face to face. So, but the thing is that you know, Moses was not able to see the face of God. So it says that he sees the forms of the Lord. Moses was able to see the form of the Lord. He didn't see the the face of the Lord exactly. In Exodus 33, Moses was able to see the back of the Lord. Because he is not the person who was living in the age that he can see the face of the Lord. So Moses was covered by the hands of the Lord. Exodus 33, that he cannot see the face of God, and then God passed. And then when God uncovers his hand, Moses was able to see the back of the God, back of God, back of the Lord. But there was no person like Moses. So who is the great servant of God? If you ask, he is the one who can see the face of the Lord. And in the Moses' time, it was only Moses who see the back of the Lord. But who are we? We are allowed to see his face, right? In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, we will see his face even though it's now ambiguous. Like we see the mirror. So in the time of Paul the, the, the mirror was made out of bronze and it was you know wiped. That you know your image will not be seen clearly. But you no know, now we are looking at its face in the way but when we are going to millennial kingdom, we will recognize that the face we used to see is a face we, now we are seeing in the millennial kingdom. So when we are going to kingdom of God, we will see that, wow, He is the same. When you are looking at His face in this world, when you are going to the kingdom, you will say that He is the same. So now we are looking at His face now. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says that we can see the glory of the shining glory of, of, from the face of Jesus. Like you know, when the world is created, the light was real, and the, the light that you are looking at is the real light. And without looking at this light, we cannot survive. I'm, what I mean is that we are not as Moses as did. And 1 Corinthians 3, look at, No, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. What does he say? In Second Corinthians three, from verse six and from seven, you no know, there's a story about Moses. Moses was able to see the glory of God. And Moses' face was shining. And then the Israelites should cover the face of Moses because of the light. But that reflection of the glory will disappear, right? But that was still a tremendous light. That the Israelites cannot even look at that light. Even though it was a reflection of the glory. But we are not like that. And 18, verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image. So because of what Jesus has done for us, by the price of the righteousness, we are allowed to see the face of the Lord. That we can say that we are looking at His glory. No other angels were able to see the face of the Lord. Even though the Archangel Michaela, not Michaela here, where's Michaela? Maybe he's, she's busy this morning. I'm sorry for her. So there's a lot of things has to do. No, there's no time for her to receive grace. No, and she she used to be there actually. My beloved Michaela, I'm sorry for her. Anyway, even archangels cannot see the glory. And if we see the light of the archangel, no, our physical eye will be blind. How strong the light is! But you know, when the Lord is enthroned in the new Jerusalem. And it is said that no, they will no longer discern be sun because of the the power of the light. But you are allowed to see the glory. That is the authority of righteousness. You have to know that that's the the authority of righteousness. That you are allowed. You are allowed to see to see his face without ceasing 365 days throughout 24 hours you are allowed to see his face which means that you can see that strong glory with the face with the eyes of face so as we are looking at his glory we are being transformed into his image so that is why we can we are alive as we are seeing His glory. In the Old Testament times, if we see the glory, we will die. But in Colossians 13 He is the image of God. In Hebrews, He is a reflection of the glory. So we have to see His face with faith. So that's why you have to open your spiritual eyes. Through that you will be transformed into the perfect image of glory, perfect image of God. So how is impossible? How is possible? Because so you have the Spirit in you. The Spirit is leading you from glory to glory, and let you see the glory, so that we can be transformed into His glory. And there's another light in us. And Second Corinthians chapter four. And later there's the light of the glory of the gospel, the light of the gospel, and that is something that the spirit of the world is hindering you so that's why we have to we shouldn 't live by the, the the spirit of the world so if not, you know we can see the light of the gospel. And the Christ is the glory of God. He's the image of God. And the light of the glory will enable us to see the image of God. So through the Spirit we are receiving the glory of God and the, the, the glory of the word of god will shine upon us so the children of god is the light itself we are not r- comparable comparatively light com- but the the original light is in you and you can see the light through the spirit when you are listening to the word of god the the glo- the, the glory of the gospel is shining upon you that you can be transformed to the image of god right So the glory that you are having is not as Moses. So that's a great privilege for you to have this privilege of righteousness. So how can't we not glorify him who gives us this amazing authority and amazing privilege? Let's glorify him. So So Moses was able to see the face of the Lord that he has no secret with him. So that is why a senior pastor of a church is so much important. The fact that you are a senior pastor of a church means that you are interested with the whole universe according to the word of Ephesians so God will not have a secret to you because you are a senior pastor right so in Amos 3.7 it is said that God is not doing his work without letting his servant know about his secret right so what does it mean Amos is kind of representative of the kingdom of God he is a speak, speak spokesman, right so when he's proclaim something, and the kingdom of God will move. So by the proclamation of a senior pastor, the kingdom of God will move, right? So that is why the senior pastor should, you know, uh, proclaim the the entire truth at the risk of his life. So that is why Malachi says that you have my law on your lips of your mouth, on your mouth. Like in the same case of Jeremiah. So whenever you proclaim, you will pull out, you will destroy, you will build it up, right? And you have the law law of God in your mouth, which means that when you speak, I will speak accordingly how much important the, the leader of the church is because the, the living rivers are flowing from your mouth so you can you know see that even now the living livers are flowing from me to you right so God will never have a secret to his servant so if he speaks the whole entire kingdom will move because he is the spokesman of the kingdom so in Amos three seven, the meaning of the secret is that, and it is called soul in Hebrews in Hebrew. Hebrew, Hebrew. What it means is that the it's a kind of secret place of Jehovah, secret place of the Lord. Which means that you can enter into the secret in a chamber with God. Who who you are. I mean who he is. You are having the relationship of in you know, a bridegroom or bride. So with your spouse you don't have any secret. I tell everything to my wife. Anything. And I, I cannot hide something. If if she you know picks me up, you know you don't love me, you know, and then don't you love me? And I tell all, everything to, he, to her. That's the relationship of the going to secret chamber with the Lord. And God is seeking the person. Uh, why don't you go into the secret chamber with me? I don't. I want you to. I want to tell something secret to you. So, this is dignity of us, right? So there's no reason for God to treat Moses same with Miriam and Aaron. And this is not from you know point of view of God, but from my point of view, God will not change Moses with the. S- one million people of Israel. I'm saying, you know, this is my point of view, but how precious Moses is that he will not change three million Israelites with Moses, one person Moses. So I'm not, you know, comparing. But, you know, those who are having the the dignity like Moses, God takes them preciously. So who you are? You are not like Moses. You are allowed to see the face of God, you know directly. You are allowed to see the glory of his face. So, so you are having the authority of righteousness. So in First Peter one, you know, even angels are looking at you. And they are, you know, the, the envy. They are envious of you. Why? Why is that? Why they are looking at you? They are saying that, you know, um, why, how they can have that amazing glory so God doesn't have any doubts to you. And when you repent, He will believe that He's not saying that you will betray myself again. Why? Why? Why is that? And because you are given that dignity, God will not you know, doubt you again. In the Jewish literature, there's a record like this. God sent an angel to the world you know, to check whether you know, the humans are you know, doing well or not. And then he reported, the angel reported, Laura, I think it's mis- your mistake to, you know, keep them a status as uh, children of God. That's the angels' report. But God replied, "I, I don't regret, you know, th- that my, my decision." And he, 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 flicks his finger, and then the the angels disappear. And the second angel came to the Lord saying that. And he was trembling with fear, Lord. And I know that you will, you know, re- remove me. But, you know, it's wrong, you know, for you, you know, to, you know, keep them that dignity. And he disappeared again. And the third angel, and he was trembling as well. But it's your mistake to give them that dignity. And God then you know, flicks his pink finger, and then. You know, they, he disappeared, saying that, you know, I don't regret that my decision that I gave them as a, the status as a, my children. So that is from ancient Jewish literature. The, the, the God tr- trusts in you like that, and, and then He was able to give you the image of God, that He allowed you to see the glory. So there's no reason for us to go into the world, to long for the world. You are not being like that. So let's continue. So God was angry at Miriam and Moses. In verse 10, when the clouds lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. And it became white as snow. And Aaron turned into, turned toward her and he saw that she had a defining skin disease. You know, shows uh, she was black, but Miriam became leprosy And it's like you know, God is making a joke that he, he's is being white better than becoming dark. So that's why Miriam get leprosy re- It's a joke, but you don't laugh. So it's like, you know, Miriam thought that, you know, being white better, is better than being black. That's so the reason that Miriam got repressive. But 11, and he said to Moses, please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us the sin we have so foolish committed. So 12. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from his mother's womb with his flesh harp eaten away. But in the thirteen, Moses cried out to the Lord, please God heal her, because they damaged Moses' leadership. But Moses loved them, and Moses is praying for healing. In 14, the Lord replied to Moses, And Moses was having the heart of God, right? Of course, God punishes Aaron and Miriam, but God didn't intend to destroy them. So Moses was knowing about the intention of the Lord, that he was able to pray for healing. So he was having the same heart with God. And 14, if her father had spit in her face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? So that's according to the law in Leviticus. So you will be confined for seven days if you are ashamed of your parents, right? So what does it mean? that's why you know i can say that god will not change moses with three million israelites so god is saying to moses that uh, moses your honor is my honor moses your glory is my glory and they are ashamed of you means that they are ashamed of me so they have to pay the cost That is how God, you know, esteemed you. So he's saying that your glory is my glory. Your glory is my glory. Your dignity is my dignity. So where's he from? He's from Colossians. Jesus' death is my death. Jesus' burial is my burial. Jesus' resurrection is my resurrection. Jesus' throne is my throne. Jesus' coming is my coming as well. So by this wondrous event that God has accomplished, we are given the same amount of scale as the Lord's. So there's only one difference from us and from him. He is self-sufficient God, but we are dependent on God. So when you believe in this clearly, you will not, you know, never underestimate your dignity. It's like you are failing, but if you believe in the dignity, you don't think about failure. You are looking at the victory. With all the lack of the material in the world, you don't think about that. Because of dignity given to you, you believe that God will make me abundant eventually. My name is Javes, but I am blessed. You will accept that with faith. So you have to believe in your dignity. The, the great source of blessings and power is to believe in this dignity. You will be not shaken, no matter how the world is blaming you. You will not be afraid of any kind of works of the demons. Like David in Psalm 2, no, I'm not afraid of anything, even I'm surrounded by a myriad of people. We will not be afraid of anything. Hallelujah. And you are interested with this dignity. So in 15, so Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days. And the people did not move on till she was brought back. So without leadership in the church, the church cannot you know advance. And if you try to check the leadership then the whole church will stop. There are many reasons that the church will not grow. But the most important issue is that because leader is being the broken and there's no leadership in the church so the church should continue to grow and they should continue to move why because the Lord is the head of the church and the name of Yahweh the meaning of Yahweh is that he is moving God. Which means that he doesn't, it doesn't mean that he's working, but his life is working continuously, moving continuously. Like the, cloud, the pillar of clouds and fire moves, the whole Israelites was able to move. But why the church is not moving? Why the church is not changing? Why the church is not growing? Because the Yahweh became bar. Bar is kind of settling God. They don't move. If Yahweh is the head of the church, your church will move continuously, continuously, marching continuously, and growing continuously. But why is not? Because you don't receive any truth from the leader. But you don't receive leadership from the leader. The church should stop. So that's why the Israelites should stop in 16. After that, the people left Hazeroth and encamped in the desert of Peron. When I'm talking about Joseph, whenever Joseph is led by the guidance of God, after he overcomes, God is adding something good to him, right? And in contrast, in Hazeroth, the place Hazeroth is that Let's think about the the, the peninsula Sinai. Uh, there's a good land with o- oasis in the far east, and God is leading them to the place, right? And Haselot is not far from the land of Canaan, and they can go through the place called Gadesh Barnea. And then after they can enter into the land of Canaan. And then being in Hazeroth means that they are about to enter into the land of Canaan. But and from
1: Hazeroth,
0: they should move back to uh, the wilderness Paran, which is the center of the Sinai Peninsula of disobedience. So whenever you rebel, whenever you disobey, and the sufferings, affliction will be added to your life. The pains will be you no know, in one month they will be able to enter into the land of Canaan. But you no know, the Israel, they postpone you know, their entrance into the land of Canaan. Their time of suffering is postponed and delayed and lengthened. Because, you know, they have to uh, get rid of all the elements of disobedience. Without that, without doing so, they cannot, you know, inherit the, the the kingdom. Without obeying the leader, you cannot, you'll never be able to enter into the land of Canaan. So it's how dangerous it is to shake the leader. That will lead you to the wilderness. And I know that all of you should enter into the land of Canaan continuously, but with disobedience, with rebellion. And then that will lead you to the place of the wilderness. So how dangerous it is to disobey? Do you want to disobey? No. And you should enjoy the abundance of God in the place called Hazeros, and then accumulating your power that you can enter into the land of Canaan gloriously, right? So let's pray together. So Moses leadership today. And you are receiving the leadership of Moses now. And being humble. Lord, please keep them face. Let them see your face face to face. That they can see the glory of the face. You are my honour. Your glory is my glory. Lord, let them listen to this praise. Lord, please pour out powerful blessings of leadership. Like in Genesis 1:28, the blessings of the leadership that is originally given to us. Lord, pour out again that blessings upon your children powerfully. You have to seek the blessing of leadership with faith. It's not a matter of choice. But when you live by the kingdom of God, you should have leadership. Lord, pour out powerfully. Lord, Lord, more of you. More, more. Pray, pray. Shout out, shout out. More powerfully. Lord, more of you. Pour out your anointing. Pour out your anointing. Pray, pray. Louder, louder. And let's pray for your senior pastor. And the Spirit says to me that it's important for you to receive leadership. But what is more important is that your senior pastor should receive the blessings of the leadership. If The pastors who came to uh, this conference, please come to the front. The pastors, please come to the front. There are many pastors here, right? So we have a lot of pastors here. You know, it seems that you know God is speaking to the pastors. You know that I know that we are having this number of pastors. So for your senior pastor, and we will praying, will we pray for these pastors as well. You know, they should establish the you know, church with the strong blessings of leadership. So, who are you from? Where are you from? And he's a youth pastor. Pastor Freeman? Pastor Freeman is not here. He's coming at night. And Pastor Herman, please come. All of you, you can, you know, come to the stage. So, the powerful leadership will be imparted upon you tonight, uh, today. God needs some powerful leaders for the Central America. So I'm not saying about this leadership theoretically. But through me, this power of leadership is now manifested in the world through Zoe Ministry. And God is establishing the church through this leadership. So you have to, you know, have implantation of my leadership through me. So I will lay my hands upon you, so God, and with these young others. We are blessing the senior pastors of the church to bless them. And we are imparting the power of leadership upon these servants in Latin America that they will be able to establish as a great leader as Moses. Lord, I lay my hands upon them. Let's pray together. Lord, pour out your anointing. Bless them.